1: the podcast welcome back to the sneakers and cleats podcast it is friday october 20th this is episode 39 i am matt roy joined by your favorite morning anchor and cowboys fan Mm -hmm. david chancellor david how are you today
0: i'm fantastic my friend it's friday you're always so
1: energetic in the mornings i don't know how you do it
0: uh (laughs) i think i'm on uh what are we we're at nine o'clock right now i'm probably on cup number five six of coffee yeah i'm only on one yeah. so it's it's a lot of coffee it <laughs>
1: it's a lot of coffee how much coffee do you think you have like every day
0: a pot at least <laughs> i mean no joke probably eight cups because
1: you're on from 4 30 to when's the, when's the first cup
0: the first cup is so i used to bring home i used to bring it from home i stopped doing that So the first cup is when I walk in the door at 3 a.m., I grab a cup and then go up to my desk and start working on the show. And then from there, I will go anywhere between three and four more cups. So by the time we're off the air at 7 a.m., I'm five cups in. (laughs) I'll have a breakfast cup. A mid-morning cup. So, what are we there at Six, seven? Seven, yeah. And then uh, traditionally, I have a uh, a noon cup during the noon show, and people are like, "Why? Like, why are you?" It doesn't affect me, by the way. Like, right. I don't even know why I'm drinking all the coffee because it. I don't feel a Ugh. right. Um, I mean, at a
1: certain point, the tolerance is just through the roof, anyway.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> you're just drinking it for taste. I mean, all I'm doing it all. That's all you're doing, and <laughs> and, and like if you're. I mean, I use sweet and low, which I think is probably not great for you. But it's like I don't what I don't know what the caloric in there's no cal, there's no caloric value to any right. of that. So, but it's not good for you. It cannot be good for my stomach.
1: <laughs> I mean, as as much as you're drinking, probably not. <laughs> so, I would go ahead and
0: guess. But then I'm done. Like by the time I get home at two o'clock, unless unless Matt, it's cold. Cold weather always means a cup of coffee late in the afternoon. So.
1: But then when when do you go to sleep? Like. For your so last 2 night, o'clock wake-up call? Last
0: night I, I got into bed about 8.15, 8.20 and did not go to sleep until about 10.15.
1: Oh, my God. But that's not normal.
0: No, normally about 8.30. Okay. So 8.30 to 2.08. What is
1: that?
0: 2.08. 2.08 is the... Uh, did
1: you figure out, like, the exact time you have to wake up? I don't know two. why I
0: picked the 8. I, I, I didn't... <laughs> I think it was like, hey, I'll give myself a little... Like, I'm not going to do it at 2, but I'll give it a bonus. But so I have... Uh, I don't know. We got a camera. Oh, it's right here. Uh, right there. So is there anything there that should be seen? Yeah. No. Two thirty. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm never gonna get to two nineteen if I do something tragically has happened. <laughs> right. And two zero eight. I mean, and and two thirties. Like, uh, I one time woke up at. I've slept to the alarms the only time on the shift, and I woke up at three. I don't know, 3.30? Oh, God. 3.15, 3.30? We go on the air at 4.30. Yeah. And my boss at the time, Josh Larson, called, and I I answered the phone, and I saw it and said, Josh Larson, and that's the moment where you're like, oh, bleep.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you got here what four o'clock cold red a show and you that's were fine? that's right
0: yeah I, don't, I was not fine but I I uh, but you know that's the thing right like it doesn't matter if you get up at two o eight or six o eight or ten o eight like if you oversleep that feeling when you wake up no matter what time of day it is you never recover from that no you do not recover from that the rest of the day. You uh,
1: so your alarm went off at two o eight. My uh, head hit the pillow about
0: two o'clock. <laughs> we were just talking behind the scenes about like the whole high school thing of yeah. like doing Thursday Night Lights, Friday Night Fever, Saturday College, Sunday Cowboys. Yeah, like that little four day gauntlet. To anybody else, is like that is the greatest job ever. Like I would pay to do that. Yeah. And you do to a certain extent, <laughs> yeah. but but then there comes a point in time where it's like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. You pay
1: for it in the blood, sweat, and tears, and lack yeah. of sleep—not—not not, uh, monetarily, but yeah. in other ways, you pay for it. But yeah. So you—you so
0: you, uh, we were two ships passing in the night
1: yeah much like uh jordan and i usually yes, are but yes jordan was telling me the other day when I, ha- I think you were on two weeks ago and she's like every time david's on it's it's just so energetic so i had to ask you know ah, i appreciate why that. why you have so much energy in the mornings because i don't know why eight cups of coffee in you're just even <laughs> like barring the eight cups of coffee i don't know why you're so energetic I'm, i have to be pried out of bed every day a crowbar in a
0: go get life or... i wish it was some i wish i had some really cool like you gotta attack life, man. You know, every day's a gift. Make it count. And that stuff's true, but like at some point, it's just like, you know, our job is to be on. That's true. Like our job is to be on. Nobody wants to turn on the TV or a podcast and hear some guy be like, Duh. like I mean, you know. But you're on. But you're on it. normally. Like even when you're not on camera, you're on, which is I'm, great because I love loud. your attitude. I am loud. <laughs> I mean, but, I am. Loud. I feel like all
1: I feel like all of the sports guys are kind of loud.
0: Yes. What, what what I lack in knowledge, I make up more than with volume.
1: <laughs> one of those people, it's like, if you're losing an argument, you just get a just little louder. Just scream louder. <laughs> just scream
0: louder.
1: All right, well, let's get to uh, what we do every time. So number 39. Number 39 is a little bit of a weird one, I think. Instantly thought of Larry Zonka from the 72 undefeated uh, Dolphins who re, who probably popped some champagne this past weekend when both of the last two undefeated teams lost, just like the 72 Dolphins always do. All of those who are still with us in the world, they always pop champagne when the last undefeated team loses. And with the Eagles and the Niners yes. losing this weekend. Yes, <laughs> the Eagles lost. Thank God. Were you just... We'll get to this in a little bit. Them. But were you nervous that the Cowboys weren't going to capitalize on that loss at all?
0: No, I I don't – because I didn't – I'm so down right now on them and their trajectory of what they can do in the season that I'm not looking at them – like I wasn't like, oh, you've got to win because you've got to get one behind the Eagles. For one, I always want the Eagles to lose. (laughs) I I mean, I wake up in the morning and I think, how are the Philadelphia Eagles going – to fall flat on their face. That's what I want to happen. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, it turned out it was a it was a great day for the Cowboys, obviously. Yeah. A uh, great weekend. Well, we'll get to that in a little
1: bit. Uh, Cowboys and Texans are off this week, but <laughs> still got your IFB on. Yeah, yeah. Cowboys and Texans both off this week, so a little bit of a lighter card for us here. We'll talk about the boys because we haven't really done that yet since they played on Monday night. Excuse me. We will also uh, get into – the greatest player in his sport saying that his sport kind of sucks, uh, which I thought was interesting. So yeah. we'll get into that at the end. But first, we got to get to Wemby. Watch as mm-hmm. always. Wemby uh, played mm-hmm. on Wednesday. He had this insane behind-the-back pass, yeah, out of bounds to hit a three. It's just stupid. Something a seven-foot-four kid shouldn't do. Um, he sat out Monday's game. Played Wednesday at 15 points, six boards, one assist, one steal, two blocks. I don't think he's going to end up playing tonight against uh, the Warriors, or at least I would be surprised if he I played would. tonight um, because it's it's the last game before the regular season starts on Wednesday. Speaking of which, we'll have a special podcast on Wednesday with me, Don, and Chuck, all breaking down the happenings of the entire season, whole season outlook for the Spurs. That's going to be on Wednesday. But anyway, what we got going on right now is so far, what have you seen from Wemby in this uh, preseason that has either excited you, worried you, any of the above.
0: There's no worry. Like I mean, <laughs>
1: life is good. I,
0: I, I think I like most people. Um, you know, the first, the first uh, summer league game was like, oh god, oh my god, they got sold a bill of goods. Like, wh- re- whether that was you know um, realistic, fair, any of that. I mean, the hype was. Stupid, crazy, right? It's still a stupid, crazy. Yeah. He's a rookie. He's a 19-year-old skinny rookie who sometimes looks amazing, and sometimes you're like, eh, yeah, he looks like a skinny seven-foot-four rookie. That said, we sat down. We sat down as a family, Matt, the other night. What uh, what game was it? Wednesday. It wasn't the Houston game. It was the Friday. game before. I Friday. guess it was the na- a. It was on national TV.
1: Yeah, preseason game. I
0: mean, I I I said to my my wife, I said, "Hey, I don't know what we're doing. I think we got pizza." I was like, "I don't know what we're doing, but like, uh, we're gonna watch Wimby." And she's like, "Okay," <laughs> and that's not like her, right? And so we sat down as a family and watched. And I literally said out loud, "I can't believe we're doing this." <laughs> like, I maybe I may have watched start to finish, no joke, five Spurs games last year. Easy, not 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 way not more than that. And he's already got me to a television to watch to see what he does. Here's the other thing that stands out to me that, like, is crazy. You talk about his skill. You talk about the behind-the-back pass, the nutmeg. Everybody's obviously going crazy for that. He has plays in games, passes, dribbling moments where any other player, right, if you look at it from a sports casting point of view, If I'm doing a highlight, Matt Roy has some amazing play, but it doesn't end up in a bucket. Odds are that's not going to make my highlight. I can't. There's too many other plays to show. It has no bearing on the game. There's no reason to show it. I mean, everybody understands that, right? With Wimby, it's different because you're seeing things that you've never seen before and it's like like the behind the back, the behind the back pass on the baseline yeah, out of the guy the guy misses the shot yeah the 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 nutmeg play that ends it up there was no bucket on that play it doesn't matter because we're seeing something freakish uh his the thing that excites me more than anything is how he is able to erase all kinds of layups mm-hmm. i mean his ability to I thought David Robinson was one of the most skilled, young, big men at body control and altering shots. He and Shaq were unbelievable, but David was so good because he was so lean and quick. And Wimby makes him look like a high school
1: kid. <laughs> Which, a couple of things you said that are interesting. One... We, we all know that Matty Ice balls out, so I ain't missing no shots. Those are all going to be on the highlight. Wow. Road, so. <laughs> oh, uh, <geez. laughs> so, secondly, his defensive versatility is amazing. And I think that the versatility of the lineup that they started on Wednesday, which I believe is going to be their starting lineup for this season in Jeremy, uh, Devin Vassell, Keldon, Wemby and Zach is insane. Like, you have such defensive versatility in that where Jeremy can defend anybody. Keldon can pretty much defend anybody on the floor. Zach can defend three through five. Wendy can defend anybody except for maybe a really, really small quick point guard. Um, But even that, he can recover even if they blow by him because of his length. And then... Devin can pretty much defend two through four, or one through four. I mean, you have such versatility in that where you're pe- playing true positionless basketball. Anybody can bring it up, except for Zach, maybe. Anybody can shoot the three. Anybody can make a play. Right. And anybody can defend any play.
0: Well, I think Sohan makes all that go. Like Everybody will say it's Wimby, and, and that's kind of obvious. But yet, by the same token, this idea that that Sohan is their point guard, whatever that means, like because... You know, in the game that I watched, there were, you know, every other – not every other, but it it seemed like there were several occasions where Wimby brought it up. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. I mean, I saw Tim Duncan bring it up, uh, you know, a few times as well. That's not like, oh, my God, the most unicornish thing I've ever seen. But he does it on a regular basis and with such ease and, you know – uh, in the old days, a big man would bring it up, he, you know, whatever off a break or something, and then as soon as he crossed midcourt, he was looking. Where's the little guys? Yeah, Where, let me to get the, get the ball get to, him. to the guard. I mean, they come up and they run a play. They're running sets. Yeah, I mean, Wimby is waving guys off and like, hey, I've got this. They had. Uh, there was a somebody on Twitter pointed out, you know, um, Wimby and Trey Jones ran a pick and roll with. Trey being yeah. the, the the screener, exactly. Trey was the screener. <laughs> like,
1: like I said, what? True positionless basketball. Like, you're having your six three point guard, whatever, however tall Trey Jones is, set the screen for your seven four center.
0: How do the Warriors forward. guard them? I don't know. Like, I don't know how anybody does that. You know, I'm not talking about tonight's game, but like, you know. Vegas put out the odds their their over under wins. What yeah, was it? It was like twenty eight, 28 right? And a half. I had that written down next. So that that is like I laugh at that.
1: It's insulting. You should, Everybody should bet the house on the over. They're, they're unless Vegas, they're going to win
0: for at least forty two games. Unless
1: Vegas knows something that none of us know, right? Which they often do. Like, they, they often, are, those guys are really smart in Vegas. They have big buildings for a reason.
0: The only way they are, that's a great line, the only reason, the only way that they win 28 games or less is if Wimby gets hurt, knock on a 1,000 pieces of wood, or Pop has decided, you know what, I'm going to play in 40 games. I'm going to play 50 games in that season. They,
1: sh- they could have won 29 games last year if they wanted to win a game. They like, <laughs>
0: could have won more than 29. They, c- they yeah, could have done that last they have, year. They have, they, have, they, have a, they have talent on the roster. Yeah. They don't have a top-to-bottom talented roster, but they have talent on the roster. Damn sure more than enough to win 30 games.
1: Their worst guy is better than the worst guy on a lot of teams. They have a lot of depth. Yeah, Their 15th guy on the roster, whoever that may be, I don't want to put any names out there. But their 15th guy on the roster is better than a lot. They have a lot of depth. They have a lot of young players that need to learn how to win. Yeah. And maybe that's their downfall is that they've lost so much in Keldon's whole tenure or Devin's whole tenure that maybe they don't really know what winning is like yet. Or maybe they were planning to win a lot more last year. And then Pop was like, you know what, Keldon, doesn't your hammy hurt in the fourth quarter? Doesn't uh, Devin, I, I don't know if we should play you tonight. That's right. not going to happen this year they're going to they're going to try and win games. Right. They're going to win 40 games if barring health. Right. Barring health. Like health is always the great equalizer when it comes to uh win totals and how many how much you're going to win. Like we see that all the time in football. The, it's a war of attrition. And so in basketball when you have Wemby, I think they're going to be careful with him, but if they have a chance to make the playoffs or if they're if they're itching for a 6 seed, like they're going to go for it.
0: I'm interested to see, you know, a lot of that is, you know, you talk about the idea that they haven't won in a few years. You've got some guys here who, you know, they have to go to the same practice gym and the same arena over and over and over, and they see the banners hanging there. And I used a phrase earlier this week, you know, Tim, Tony, and Manu are now, they're more myth and memory than anything else. Like, it's like, Ooh, spooky stuff. Cosmic, like Tim. Tempt- yes, they're around. I get it. You know, it's it's not like they're completely just foreign to these guys. They are uh, being sort of indoctrinated into that old culture by them, but really. I mean, they didn't play with any of them. It's not like they're trying to patch the torch. This isn't DeMar DeRozan and Lamarcus Aldridge trying to continue something. This is completely new. Like the torch has been passed. That time, that is now done. They dropped the bridge. There's no link. Hell, it's basically a new torch. It like is they- <laughs> it, it is a it is like, a there's no and t- if t- pop wasn't the only link is pop. Yeah and the idea that their jersey says spurs. Right. And, and so I think that really benefits them, but the idea that these guys are sick of losing and they are sick of the reminders of what's happened. And so the challenge that I see, other than the idea that you have a very young roster, is that Pop is going to want to do things the way he does them. And I think some of that is to be cautious and to sort of, hey, let's see how it all kind of unfolds. Whereas. We get the idea, at least, that Wimby has the foot on the gas. Like, I want to play in 82 games. I want to play 40-some-odd minutes. I want to get, you know, and obviously that's unrealistic. Well, it seems
1: like that's going to be his biggest challenge this year, him being pop, is, like, reeling him back a little bit. For reeling sure. Reeling Wimby back and being like, you know, we're, we're in this for the long haul. We're not in this just for this year. Even though they want to win this year, and I believe that they want to win this year. They're, they're in this for the next 15. They're not in this for, for just this. But part. I
0: would rather have, and if you're Pop, I mean, whether he privately or publicly would say this, that's what you want, right? You want a guy that you have to be like, hey, man, sit down. We're not doing this. Same thing, you know, I think, I think Duncan, I heard something earlier this week. I think Duncan played in 78 games his rookie year. I'm sure David played in something close to that as well, right? I don't know, who knows what the 60 it's, yeah, 65 it's a different years. game. But 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 the point is you would rather have a guy who wants to play than the other superstar that they had here a few years ago where you're like, "Please, please play. Can you play tonight? Can you call your uncle and ask him if you can play?" Like you don't want that anymore.
1: Yeah, now that now he's another franchise's uh worry yeah, now. He's a killer. <laughs> not in a good way. Just a
0: tr- can't tr- franchise killer.
1: Yeah, I, I think that Pop will handle him um, differently than he's handled people in the past. I think we've, we've talked about before how, how he's kind of learned from he who shall not be named and other players that he's handled in the past. But I think this entire year is going to be interesting to see how he, how Pop handles this roster, handles Wemby when it comes to how many you're playing, on the second night of a back-to-back, is he going to play? Is he yeah. going to play in, against the Warriors, the one game, or the, the Heat, the one game that they're in Miami in front of those fans? Is he going to give those fans what, he want, what they want to see? want? I'd be
0: shocked if, if he bows to that.
1: Like, I just don't know. I just don't know. Like, is he going to be like, you know what? I don't care about your Rookie of the Year award. I don't care about that. I'm going to play you for 55 games because we're looking out for the long haul. I don't know that yet.
0: So, some some fun sort of like non-basketball X and O's, but like just ancillary topics around the Spurs this year. If you're pop, not even if you're pop, just what's the right thing to do there? Is the right thing to do, given the choice between playing him on the road in an Eastern Conference city where he's only going to be seen once, or a home game the next night or two nights after that where you've got a franchise, a fan base here who has supported you for 50, 40, years, 50 yeah. years and certainly the last 25. And they've been here and they've they they have done whatever it is that you've wanted and they've believed in your process and they've put up with the idea that hey they're not they're going to be a certain way and they're going to go you know against the grain of the NBA like San Antonio has bought into Greg Popovich yeah there's been some back and forth recent years about the whole political stuff but other than that pop says jump San Antonio has said how high right don't you owe them if don't you it- owe them over a bunch of people in Miami that have nothing to do with you?
1: Barring health, he should play, Wemby being he, should play every home game and every national TV game. At least. And I don't know. Some of those overlap. Some yeah, of them are at sure. home. So, in my opinion, he should play every national TV game. in the And in the interest of the Spurs, he should play every national TV game and, and every game here at home. Outside of that, the next... Phase to that would be every game where you only have one appearance in that stadium this year. So that would be all of your Eastern Conference opponents.
0: And some West where you're playing a yeah, some two West. here and one there.
1: Right. I, I mean... If you have two games in Golden State, just for example. If you have two games in Golden State, sit out one of them. I don't care. Right. But at least the fans get to see a one. do
0: you see Pop sitting down looking at the, the, oh, the schedule not. and being like... Hmm. I don't oh,
1: think Lord. he cares.
0: No, he didn't care at all. He but doesn't if care I, one bit. But I know ESPN, ABC, uh, NBA TV, He's, TNT. They, they, ca- the only reason the Spurs are on that. I mean, look, I love Jeremy Sohan. I like Keldon Johnson. <laughs> I'm not. I, I didn't watch them the other night for either one of those dudes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't if there was. If this was Scoot Henderson, I would be a little bit more in, interested in the Spurs than I was last year. But I wouldn't you know, I was looking at tickets the other day just as a fan. And I was telling my son, I was like cuz he's like, "Hey, I want to take a bunch of my friends." And I was like, "Dude, this ain't like last year."
1: <laughs> They're we not can't eight get,
0: we're not getting, ten, you know, $10 tickets. Like crappy tickets are 80, 90, 100 bucks. Yeah. And
1: so I went to a game last <laughs> speaking of that, I went to a game last year for like I think the ticket plus two beers at the stadium was like less than 30 bucks. (laughs) I was was really impressed. Yeah. (laughs) This year, you can't get in the door for that. That's not
0: happening. No. But here's the thing, and that's the other thing. Like when you buy tickets now, like I looked, my son said, I said, hey, who do you, because we've done the Warriors thing many, many times and we've gotten burned by Steve Kerr three of the four years that I've ever bought tickets. The only time we ever watched Steph play was last year in the the Alamo Alamo Dome. Dome. Yeah. So I said, hey, man, who do you, I said, first I started, I said, hey, uh, I go, who's your favorite player in the league? It's always been Steph. I go, is this Steph still the guy? And he goes, yeah, I think Steph's still the guy. I go, Well, who do you want to see? And he goes, I, I think I really like to see LeBron, you know, I mean, December like, 12th. because you just never know, you know, how, how much longer is he going to play, right? right? And you want to see him in person? I mean, everybody should. And I think. I think they play like a back-to-back here.
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's like December 12th and 14th or something like that.
0: So I was looking at it, and I said, well, he's not going to play both. I mean, he's just not. And so yeah. what if you buy one, but he only plays in the other? Well, what if you buy tickets December 12th, hoping to see Wemby and LeBron, and you get neither? That's like, are you kidding me?
1: That would be devastating.
0: Devastating. Devastating.
1: I'm trying to look and see which game. I think one of those is on national TV too. Uh, I feel it's like December thirteenth and fifteenth. Okay, one of them is at seven o'clock. That first one's at seven on ESPN. That's a Friday night game. That is December thirteenth, and then yeah, I think that's a Friday night game because the December fifteenth game is at noon. Hey. It's a day game. Two, two days later. Is that
0: an ABC game? Oh, sorry.
1: I can look. I can look.
0: Let's let's plan David's uh <laughs> Let's
1: plan your December trip real quick. Hold on.
0: <laughs> but, Matt, this is serious stuff in the sense that there are people, there are families right now trying to figure out and map this stuff out. When's he going to play? When's he not going to play? Is he going to play when LeBron comes, in, comes here? What about Giannis? Giannis is only going to make one appearance.
1: So Wednesday night, the 13th. He. It is an NBA TV game at seven o'clock. Okay. Friday night, the fifteenth is an ESPN game at six thirty p.m.
0: What was the noon game?
1: I, I don't know. The Google was wrong. I'm okay. looking at the actual All schedule right. now. That's an ESPN game on the fifteenth. So I would. I could see him playing both. Well, but if he plays one, I think he'd play the first one.
0: But if you're like me and you got a family of four, and it's easy, six eight hundred dollars. Right. That's just to get in the door. and That's just to really get in the door, if we're being and, and honest. And park. You know, and, I mean, yeah, you can find $30 tickets, I guess. But if you want, and I'm not talking lower level. I mean, obviously, we're talking upper, lower level, or easy, you know, 100 150 apiece. Yeah, it's going to be. Anyway, I don't know what you do.
1: It's going to be a wild year. I mean, Jordan and I were trying to look for some, and I was just like, what game do you want? Like, what game should we go to? One, one because of our schedules. But two, I was just like, can we even afford to like go to a game at this point? Because the, right. the tickets on the resale market are just insane. There's a ticket. There's tickets on Wednesday for the opening game for like ten thousand dollars for a floor seat.
0: God, please! I no. was just like, what? Nobody you, pay what, that. What are Nobody you doing? Nobody pay that. That's the thing. Somebody's if somebody, going to though. I know, but they shouldn't, and that's the <laughs> problem. Don't pay it, and then that way that guy can eat that money. He should. He shouldn't be trying to screw you, the fan. Yeah. God, I mean, that makes me angry. Because
1: you know. Right when the schedule came out, there's dudes that have some money that went out, bought four or five floor right. tickets, and then they're like, as soon as we get close to this game, I can resell these for three, four, five times the price. Right. And that's it's probably exactly what happened. And so it's despicable by them.
0: But, yeah, yeah. shame on you. Anyway, hey, no, I'm fired. I'm fired. Bottom line, hey, real bottom quick. Bottom line, fired up about let, Wimby. Let's Let's wrap the Wimby section. Do you believe, has he lived up to your hype?
1: I mean, so far? Yeah. I think so.
0: I, mean, I I think so. I mean, he... Just you. I'm just asking you. Like, I, when you watch pers- him, are you like, hey, man, this is really cool?
1: Personally, I think so. He has... He does things on the court that I've never seen. Ever. Every Every day I say, wow, I've never seen that. Right. Or every day I'm like, he shouldn't be doing that at his size, at his length. And so I, I actually do wonder, when do we get to a point... When will we get to a point in Wemby's career, barring health, that... We're we're like, yeah, we've seen that before.
0: <laughs> That's a great question.
1: When are we when are we? Is it three, four years in where we're like, ah, doesn't surprise me anymore. <laughs> My wife
0: noticed something the other day when he dunks. There's a lot of times when he dunks, he doesn't come to the ground hard. Mm-hmm. He sort of lets himself down like he's riding some sort of elevator. It's it's a weird. It looks glitchy.
1: It's like his. It's like his knee is like a is like a spring. He's that doing he, it. That he like He's compresses. literally
0: doing this on his own to make to save his body. It's kind of weird, you know. There's there's
1: football players who, for some reason, just land awkwardly. RG yeah. RG three is yeah. a, it's a great example of that. Where there's just players who, when they get tackled or they get hit, it just looks like it hurts more. Yeah. You know, like Kyler Murray, for some reason, never gets hit in a way where they I, they learn how. Yeah, they, he learns how. Because right. he's a baseball player. He knows how to slide. He doesn't really take the necessary hits. Russ is kind of the same way. Russell Wilson's kind of the same way. He never really takes that big hit. Yeah, It kind of seems like Wimby's that has been trained the same way, where he's just like, yeah, I've learned how to kind of uh, adjust to my body to where I can put less yeah. stress on my joints or less stress on my foot or less stress on all these things. And so he might have that longevity. Also, he's basically Gumby. He can... Sh- Touch his toes and do the splits at seven really four. Really stretchy, really stretchy. So it helps helps to do that as well. So let's get to the Cowboys real quick. Cowboys won their matchup on Monday night against the Chargers, twenty to seventeen. Defense closed it out with a sack by Micah, a pick by Stephon Gilmore. Overall, I thought it was a ugly win. Yeah. I think is uh, is putting it nicely. Yeah. Um, they won the game. It's in the win column. They're four and two. That's good. However, it's just. That that whole win did not give me a lot of confidence in the entire team.
0: They're an average to good football team, right?
1: Which is such, I would just like to say, that's a much different tone than you had two weeks ago. <laughs> well, I mean, when you get it
0: handed to you like you did against San, San Francisco, like that was so, like that. that is a. I I think that, man, this is, I, I didn't understand the national media that decided they were going to make that game against the Chargers, like, oh, my God, look at Dak Prescott. Like, wow, that's a really great win for Dak Prescott. I The only thing that was great about it was the fact that they were so awful as a team against San Francisco that if you root for them, you were pleased that there wasn't a hangover, right? They didn't turn one loss into about four. But my issue with Dallas is not with Dak. My issue is they can't run the football. No. Like, they they – he led them in rushing the other night. P- uh, Tony Pollard was 15 carries for 30 yards. 30 yards! Now, uh, ETN had about 30 last night, but he had two touchdowns. I think
1: mean, he got up to about 50.
0: Give or take. Yeah. Right? Same deal. Trevor Lawrence actually led them in yeah, rushing. Yeah, I think it was – yeah. He, the the, 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 the point is when you get – they are struggling in the red zone because when you get down there, they don't have anything. I I, I – I would like for them to run Rico more. Yeah. I think he is a good option when they're trying to pick up three, four carries at a pop, or three, four yards at a pop.
1: Um, this this week, the narrative um, the narrative's been weird because everyone's kind of realizing that the scoring is down across the league. Scoring's down across the league. The uh, uh, red zone percentage is down across the league. Rushing is down across the league. Yards are down across the league. Everything on offense is down across the league. And I feel like this week, people are like, maybe we can chalk the Cowboys' struggles up to numbers being down. But that's not true. Like that's not. That's just a lazy narrative. You can't chalk the Cowboys' struggles up to everything being down you can chalk it up to mike mccarthy not being a great play caller so far the cowboys not being able to block the run Dak not hitting his receivers or his running back wide open in the flat for an open touchdown at the end of the game and you can chalk it up to mike mccarthy's game management at the end of the half because all of that has has resulted in a horrible average sorry that's those are counterintuitive average offense that you thought was going to be explosive coming into this year, and is anything
0: but. Well, what's that, what? There's two things that stand out to me. So one, we shame on us for saying that we thought it would be explosive because they told us in in the spring it wasn't. They, he he's told us time and time again, talking about Mike McCarthy. Hey. I want to run the football.
1: Yeah, but then you have Jerry saying, "Like, look at all of our weapons. Look how fast we are. Look I at know, Brandon but Cooks he's not speed. calling the plays.
0: And look like, at Camontae Turpin's speed. He, he's he can sit there and do, but he's not doing that. Like he can he can do his radio show, but like he's not calling it. So McCarthy is, and McCarthy. I mean, it's been obvious. It was obvious at the end of that thing. And this is my. This brings me to the other point. I'm with you in the sense that if it was me. I would have tried to squeeze out one play before the end of the half and not kick it, right? Totally get that. However, you and everybody else that are like, Mike McCarthy, I can't believe you didn't do this. Why didn't you do this? This is horrible. Game management. How can you do this? That's the same guy who is in charge of an offense that has been horrible in the red zone that you guys have been complaining about. That's the same guy calling plays for the quarterback that you guys all say is average at best. That's That's the same guy who you guys all criticized the week before and said, you're not the guy. So when that guy says, hey, hold on, I don't trust my quarterback because of X, Y, Z, and I have all of this proof, and you guys all agree – And then I kick the field goal, I take the points, and then you guys get mad because I didn't take the points. That doesn't jive with me. I don't get that.
1: It does because there's two things there. One, you have an owner that says we love our quarterback and you have a uh, head coach that is showing you, not saying, but showing you that he doesn't love his quarterback and doesn't trust him. Second, if, if the entire criticism is that you can't score in the red zone, why not take the chance to score in the red zone? You would have eight seconds left, and you have the opportunity to call a timeout. There was confusion on the broadcast about what exactly happened, but the the facts are the facts. You had eight seconds left, an opportunity to call a timeout. Instead, he let the clock run down to three seconds, kicked the field goal, didn't take the shot at the end zone on the 15-yard line or whatever they were on. You have to take the points where you can and you have to take the chances where you can. At the end of the game, they left four points on the board because Dak missed his receiver. Right then, they probably they might have left four points on the board because the- he didn't trust Dak to make the throw or make the right decision. There's no bigger indictment than that.
0: 100%, but he did take the points. He didn't take the point. He took the he took less points than he could have gotten. Well, those are two those are two different things. Taking points and taking less points are two different things. He did take the points. And all I would say to this is, and we could argue this till the day we, you know, both take our last breath.
1: <laughs> we might be. Who knows? All
0: I would say to that is this. If he'd run a play and they don't score, this would be a whole lot worse. But it would
1: be on Dak,
0: not on him. You know it wouldn't. You know it wouldn't. It I mean should, it would it should it w- be, in my opinion. Well, it should be. But but I mean, if 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 he had gone – because he had gone for it two other times and people were like, wait, what are you doing? Why, why why, are you going for it on fourth one? One time they actually scored. One time they didn't. Then you come down here. I just – you know, it, it's – I, I – at the end of the day, a play at the end of the first half, to me, didn't decide the game. I guess you could make the case it did. I mean, Dak seemed to – you know, Dak had his, you know, cute little comeback, which – it was you can't argue it he's like well we took kick the field goal and what do we win by we won by 3 i guess it was the right decision but when you look at
1: things like that they won by 3 and the game is completely different if they lose that game however if you and, yeah. yeah the game is completely different every, every decision that was made will put be put under the microscope but winning cures all of course winning cures everything of so they won by 3 points okay cool you always have to look at ways to improve. And let me ask you this. If in the first half at, at that point, eight seconds left, he takes the timeout and uh, Dak, he calls up a play for Dak to throw it in the end zone. Dak takes a sack. What What's the narrative? To, and they end up losing the game. What what happens then? What What's the narrative? Is it that Mike McCarthy shouldn't have trusted his quarterback and should have taken the points? Or is it that Dak is, or is it an indictment on him?
0: So I might be, I might be giving Mike way too much credit in the heat of the moment there. But in hindsight, I would say the moral to the story is he doesn't want to lose his football team. If that that scenario plays out, which you just described, right, you get smoked in San Francisco. You come into a game against a team that doesn't have a great defense. You're struggling to move the ball and score right? You've, you've come up short a couple of times in the red zone already in that game. Now you have a shot. It's a tight game and you decide, you know what? I don't, I, I can't, if, if I do this and we don't, I'm going to lose this team because I'm going to lose the conf, I'm going to lose my quarterback because he's going to get destroyed. Oh, eviscerated. And that will in turn at some point, like at some point this is going to fracture if it doesn't get mended. So, I think he's trying to save his team. I think he's trying to buy himself some time. I think he thinks in his own mind, "Yeah, I have not called a great game maybe this year. We haven't uh done particularly well. Like, you look at the Cowboys' points? They're I believe 4th or 5th in the league in points, but 17th in yards." Because well, yeah, because the defense has scored a bunch of touchdowns, defense scored so much. So, I mean, you look at what they're doing offensively, and it's like, uh, that's not actually – they are struggling.
1: I'm sure there's an advanced stat to show exactly how many points their offense solely has scored, but it's not as many as we it's all think. It's
0: not as many as you think. So the idea that, you know, I think he thinks if we just get to Thanksgiving, that'll give me time to sort of, you know, us to all get into sync. Look, they got to have somebody other than CD Lamb. They got to develop Ferguson or one of these tight ends. They got to figure out a way to run the ball on third and three. It's not just Dak Prescott.
1: Has there been a bigger disappointment this year than uh, Michael Gallup?
0: Uh, maybe Tyron Smith. Maybe. Uh, okay. But 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 close. But no, I mean, like oh my god, and he throws you the ball all the time. So he had
1: like twelve targets on Monday. He caught. He dropped one wide open in the end zone. Uh, not wide open, but he should have made that catch, the diving catch, to and right before Dak went and uh, bailed him out with the 18-yard run. I believe it was right before that. But Gallup has been extremely disappointing. Brandon Cooks has been disappointing until this game. Yes. Because he, he hasn't gotten in the end zone. Tony Pollard has been disappointing. The yes. offensive line has been disappointing.
0: Well, the good thing about Pollard is now you don't have to pay him a bunch of money in the offseason. <laughs> well, like, I- there's no way. If you – Like, please, God, don't pay him.
1: Pollard's going to get a two-year million or $10 million contract to this offseason if he keeps playing the way he's playing. He's proven that he can be explosive when complimented by another guy. He's a great complimentary back. He is not not a a feature back. He's not a lead back. Overall, that game just left me uninspired by the Cowboys overall. And it looked like, to me, it was like, Dumb and dumber, coaching against each other, seeing who cannot lose. It was not,
0: it was not a pretty game. It, was not,
1: it, was, it not, was not a pretty game to watch. What do you
0: last, – last thing on But, them. hey, by the way, I'm so sick of the Justin Herbert. <laughs> like, I don't care if he can throw the ball through a brick wall. He might be able to. It's in, in, in the words of the great Steve Dennis, who was once uh, a longtime Dallas sportscaster who asked Wade Phillips famously, you keep calling them winners – What have they ever won? Well, you keep (laughs) telling me that this guy's an amazing quarterback. What does he win? He doesn't win. So stop with the rankings of this guy's a better quarterback than that. This guy's better. I'm not saying that Dak Prescott is a top five quarterback. But stop. I hate this narrative of, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit here. I'm going to rattle off ten guys that are better than Dak Prescott. Okay. Go ahead and do that. But half of those guys don't win.
1: Who would you rather have on your team, Dak or Justin? See, that pause is why that na- that is the narrative. But it... Because Zach's done a lot more winning than Justin has. But it's a
0: foolish argument. It, it, I shouldn't pause. It's foolish. Because, yes, he fits. He checks every single box. He checks every... He's the guy that shows up at the AAU tournament that you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Look at this dude. And then two minutes to go in the game, tie game, he don't want the ball, or when he does get the ball, he can't do anything with the ball. Yeah, I. I just, just I mean, and the, there's a bunch of guys like that.
1: The performance for for um, Justin Herbert is it, it wasn't great, but everyone chalks it up to his quarter. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. He <laughs> tried, <laughs> but every, but the
0: thing is, everyone. If chalks it was it up. Dak, we would have spent thirty minutes on but it. But no one cares about the Chargers. I. That's the thing, like that's the thing, and that's not even their own. And so when Mike McCarthy says this week, like, man, Dak Prescott gets butchered more than thirty-one guys at his own position, and everybody's like, "No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't." And you're like, "Really?" The only person
1: that cares about the charges that young Asian woman that they showed on the broadcast (laughs) that I then saw all over my timeline. She
0: was everywhere,
1: literally everywhere. Like, I I tweeted out. I think it was on Tuesday. Like, can you? We cool. Get this woman. Off of my feed. Chargers version of Taylor Swift. Good Lord. Also, by the way, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey have lasted much longer than you thought. They did. I almost brought...
0: They if did. I had more time, I was going to go back
1: and cut that. They did. But they have... He, I, said,
0: I said it'd be over by Minnesota. Yeah. yeah it you it know, wasn't. She wasn't he just, there, though. He may bought a new house.
1: <laughs> in part. Stop He just bought a new Stop, house. Man. In part. Because he wanted more privacy for him and Taylor. I'm just saying.
0: He should be making her buy a house. <laughs> Honestly, she could buy a block. She could
1: sneeze and buy the house that yeah. he just bought with the whatever. Anyway, so let's talk about last thing real quick because I know you are having a little vacation this weekend. I want to get Excited. you out of here. Yeah. So Tom Brady's comments. Uh, Tom Brady on his Let's Go podcast. I uh, won't play it, but he said something interesting. Uh, basically, that today's game is more like flag football because of the lack of physicality in it. My initial reaction to hearing that is it's your fault that there's no physicality. That's true. <laughs> because we all wanted, we all being the NFL, wanted him to stay healthy, they outlawed low hits on the quarterback. No, you can't hit a quarterback below the knees anymore when he's in the pocket because Tom Brady tore his ACL in Kansas City on game in game one of the two thousand and eight season, I think it was. Yeah. And Matt Castle came in and almost led his team to the playoffs. Yeah. Then everyone wins. then everyone questioned if Tom Brady was even worth it because Matt Castles led to to the playoffs. It's your fault, in part, because, or the reason that this game isn't as physical as it used to be. We can, No one can get hit anymore. And I agree with him that the game, I think, in my opinion, used to be a little better 15 years ago when you were didn't have all these roughing the passer calls. And if you accidentally hit somebody in the helmet with your arm, it wasn't a flag. Yeah. I liked it better like that. However, it's in part his fault that the game is the way it is, and he should be thanking them for the game being the way it is, because there's no damn way he plays until he's forty-five years old if the game is as physical oh, as it used sure. to be. For sure. But like, he should be thanking everybody that he got seven Super Bowls, that they made they outlawed things that would have gotten him hurt. Like it was the most ridiculous thing ever coming from
0: him. Well, I can't think of a safety in the NFL right now. And if you go back 10, 15, 20, 25 years, the football that I grew up watching, I mean, you know, for, the, for people who don't know, I mean, Ronnie Lott's one of the, you know, greatest football <laughs> players of all time. He's got one of the greatest stories of all time in the sense that he ripped off part <laughs> of his finger and kept playing. Guy kept playing. He told them to
1: cut it off.
0: Cut it off. I'm going back in the game. And and that has nothing to do with the hits other than the fact that that, that's the mode of operation. A guy that played for your team that you absolutely loved, Steve Atwater. Oh, yeah. Steve Atwater is in the mode and the mold of Ronnie Lott. Uh, You know, you just kind of go, Troy Aikman, I remember his rookie year, I think it was against the Cardinals – Stood in the pocket. There's a lot of guys back then that would stand in the pocket. They would get tattooed. Troy got popped right in the chin, blood everywhere. He stayed in. He had a heck of a game, right? The point in bringing that up is you fall in love with that toughness, right? It's, it adds to the myth, oh, my gosh, these guys are just completely gladiators. I get the idea that CTE and things, I'm not trying to say that we should go against player safety, but there's got to be a balance yep. because now I would not want to play defense. If I was a young athlete growing up in the sport, I don't want to play defense because I don't know what is legal. I don't know what's not. I think I'm going to get hurt when I'm going to go in for a, It's just my – it's it's in my DNA to go after you and hit you. But yet now I have to pull up at the last minute. I'm going to blow out a knee. I'm yep. going to, you know, pop an ankle. I, I just I, – I don't – sometimes i don't know what we're watching and some of the calls in favor of the quarterbacks are deciding games when it
1: comes to player safety i'm all for player safety make the game as safe as you can without changing the very fabric of the game however they have changed the very fabric of the game the game that we're watching today is a bit different than it was 15 years ago you don't have the troy palomalos the ray Lewis's, mm-hmm. the yeah. the james uh the
0: uh well james harrison, harrison. Too. thank, yeah. you. thank sure. you that's
1: who i was trying to think of the james harrisons even the ryan clarks that come in and they'll freaking knock you out. You yeah. don't have those guys because it's been outlawed from the game. It's a good thing that player safety is at the forefront and I don't think that the NFL ever would have done it and be, if it wasn't for them seeing their mortality in the early aughts and in the, in, in the 2000s with the concussion stuff obviously um, and I've done plenty of, of research and stories on this in college and, and at my last station where parents didn't want to put their kids in football anymore. Yeah, for sure. Moms did not want their kids to play football. It's a real thing. Football saw its mortality, and they said, okay, well, if we don't change this game, it's going to not exist anymore. It's going to turn into flag football, which is now going to be in the Olympics in 2028. So I understand why they did it. However, it doesn't make it a better brand of football. What we're seeing now is different than what we saw 40 years ago, different than what we saw 10, 15 years ago even. And... I understand why they did it, and I understand the thought process of Tom Brady saying it's not as physical as it used to be. You can't even tackle anybody anymore. The officials are are controlling the game, but it was forced to be that way. Yeah, It was forced to be that way by moms, and I'm not saying that it's their fault or that it's bad, by moms that said they wouldn't put their kids in football anymore. Even me, who played football in college, I won't let... Whenever we have children, Jordan and I have decided we won't let our child play football until he gets into high school.
0: Yeah, like it's that might be the best way to do it. They might, they might should play flag in 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 middle school and and then yeah maybe
1: fl- flag until then right. to learn the basics of the game and then yeah for ahead, sure go ahead and knock somebody out after that. But it. It was just something about Tom Brady's comments coming from Tom Brady that's, that rubbed me the wrong way because, one, of who it's coming from, but, two, because it was his fault in part be- that it, the game is the way it is. Yeah. And, three, he benefited from
0: it. It is ironic. But
1: it leads to a bigger that bigger conversation of, like, why the game isn't what it used to be. And it's because concussions, player safety, all of that took, it took a front seat. I was listening to Greeny the other day, and – it was something, it was a story about uh, the old Packers where dude was clearly concussed and got his bell rung and then he took, Lombardi took two players out to the practice field and hit him in the head 10 times and said, can you still see? And then he's like, yes. He's like, all right, go back in the game. It's like, that doesn't happen anymore. And it shouldn't happen anymore, but that's a different brand of football and that's why the game's not as physical as it used to be.
0: No, but stuff that happens on the practice field and punishment things and all of that, that's one thing. But in, you know, 100 yards long and 50 some odd yards wide, it's still a car wreck every single play. And there's no way that you can make a car wreck safer. Can no. we just say, all this aside, it just dawns on me, how old is your shirt with your Super Bowl champion? Like 2015. Dude, you can't be coming in here with that. Okay, well, it, I'm not it wearing actually, it. Before you say, oh, the Cowboys have won, I'm not wearing no, no, no. a Cowboys no, no, Super Bowl no, no. shirt. I was
1: actually. Uh, <laughs> I actually it dawned on me when I put this on yeah um at when I was still had like one eye open and I was trying to get dressed this morning that um I have started to feel like a Cowboys fan because I keep talking about the good old days (laughs) so I put this shirt on and I was like I didn't realize that 2015-16 was that long ago anytime I put this on yeah and uh every time I do it's like oh it's been eight seasons now
0: let me tell you what friend you have no idea what it means to be a Cowboys fan. Uh, so. I'm starting to get it, okay? <laughs> just, just so I'm you starting
1: know. To, actually, I'm starting to understand what Lions fans feel like because we suck so bad. Anyway, that's all we got for you today on the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. Uh, we will be back on Monday to talk Wemby, Cowboys, college football, talk all the baseball. So not talking any today because by the time a lot of people listen to this, uh, the baseball game might be over. So, good luck to the Astros and the Rangers. That series will probably be done by the time we talk on Monday. Uh, Don, Chuck, and I will be back to do that. Quick reminder you get this podcast wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, tell an enemy. Give us a five star rating, give us some feedback. Feedback is a gift. We'll see you Monday right here on the series.